0: It's more important than ever to build secure web applications, but many developers forget to account for web security. In this episode, we're joined by Taylor Erarte, an InfoSec engineer, cybersecurity career consultant, beauty ambassador, and content creator under the moniker, The Digital Empress. Today, we're discussing types of web security, the dangers of lacking said security, and a few things you can do to keep your site secure. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Sydney. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma, and we're debugging the tech industry. Are you developing an application with
0: GraphQL but don't know where to start? Or maybe you're building a GraphQL backend and you're overwhelmed with boilerplate code and performance problems. Save yourself time and effort and check out the Grand Stack. The Grand Stack consists of four technologies that capture the best of modern web application development. GraphQL, React, Apollo, and Neo4j database, the most widely used graph database. Together, they enable developers to build complex data-intensive applications at scale with graphs all the way down by leveraging GraphQL. To get started with GrandStack, use the latest version of the Create GrandStack app CLI and download the free Manning ebook, Full Stack GraphQL Applications, at grandstack.io.
1: What do cats drinking wine and a woman making wigs have in common? a lot, actually. They're both the result of someone starting their own business, doing things their own way, and pursuing their independence. Just like a million others who started this journey, these entrepreneurs found the support they needed from Shopify. Are you interested in supporting entrepreneurs? Do you want to solve highly technical problems that support treasured local shops? Are you interested in really powerful tooling to change the retail experience with your favorite big brands? Join Shopify. Now digital by default, You'll have the freedom to work from anywhere and the opportunity to build solutions to help Shopify's merchants and partners innovate through chaos and emerge stronger and more adaptable than ever before. Help Shopify make commerce better for everyone. Visit shopify.com careers to learn more.
0: So welcome, Taylor. We're super excited that you took the time out of your busy schedule to join us. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing
2: great. I'm glad to be on here with you guys.
0: Just like, let me just like geek
3: the fuck out for a minute because I am just like, thank God that you were like, yes, I want to be on the podcast today. I am fucking hype. I am so hype. I've never talked to you in person before. I am so incredibly in love with the digital empire. Oh just, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to gas you up the whole fucking time, just so you know.
2: Thank you so much. We haven't, like, really talked at all. and It's crazy.
3: I know. Like, how's your 2020 been? Like, I know it's 2021 now, but it's the beginning. Like, how is that going for you? <laughs> um, It's smooth yeah
2: I mean even despite you know the stuff and I'm in the DMV area so like mm. I'm literally yeah. near you know DC in the capital so just um hearing about that and that going on it's just been like eh, but other than that pretty good we awesome. are
3: so glad that you're safe first off making sure that you and your family are just prayers up for you. Just making sure that you guys are okay. We're glad
0: that you're <laughs> secure. Yeah. <We're> kind of <laughs>
2: stays that way. Cause we still have <laughs> next week and we're hoping that these, you know, yeah. people don't get too crazy, yeah. you know, and what they've already been. Yeah,
0: We'll keep you in our thoughts for sure. It's hard for me being in Europe. Um, I'm in Sweden, actually. So it's kind of hard being an immigrant here and having to watch everything going on at home. But uh, we could do a whole episode on that, couldn't we? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> today we're talking about uh, cybersecurity, which is one of your niches. Uh, but first, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners.
2: Yes, uh, my name is uh, Taylor Erte. Um I was previously known as Taylor Tolliver, but I have been married for over a year. Um, And I'm also known as the digital empress. I've been going under the digital empress since 2015. And um, I got in, you know, after changing my degree to cybersecurity as an undergrad. And I noticed, you know, when I would go online and research, you know, people to kind of like follow and um, look up to. You naturally look for people that look like you, and I didn't really see that. So I was like, well, what if I do it myself? So I just kind of started putting myself out there. And then over time, I started to realize the importance of uh, providing representation for you know women that look like me, Black women, because we don't really have it in this field. So... It's great to see Sydney, you know, somebody that looks similar to me and we have all these other women that are coming up um, that are Black and other women of color that are coming into this field. Just women in general, like, you know, I wanted to see more of that and we're getting it over time and um, I've been doing that. And then now I've kind of like uh, transitioned into being an entrepreneur and selling beauty products and because I do like my beauty. I like my lip gloss. So I like to look cute. So I think it's it shouldn't be something strange to look cute. Even though we're in the tech industry, we're still women at the end of the day. So we have our things that we like. So I wanted to share with my audience something that, you know, they would feel good wearing while uh, also being
0: badasses in the tech industry.
3: Preach. <laughs> I
0: love that. Apps, preach. All where can, of it? I, where I can we find it. your beauty products? Are they linked on your website?
2: They're all on my website. Perfect. So I sell lip gloss and lashes right now. Mm. And I also sell webcam covers Uh, to, you know, keep the whole security thing going and mm. seeing that so many people not have webcam covers. So I was like, well, why don't I just create my own. And I sell those as well.
0: I love that, y'all. We're gonna link all of Taylor's stuff in the show notes, so feel free to go check out her lip gloss and her eyelashes. I just checked them out; they look fabulous. So, y'all should ch- check it out too. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So, Yay. I I don't know, uh, Cindy. Do you have uh, any knowledge about cybersecurity or security in general?
3: I really don't, and so I I think that this is why it's just so great to just be in the Digital Empress's presence because. She first off, you Taylor, um, in 2020, like I was very fearful of actually like starting my YouTube channel up again, and just having to see your videos, just kind of collaborating with Ari Hale, a couple of other people, like that really just gave me so much more confidence to do more with, like, what I want to do in the tech space. I don't personally have any experience with any type of web or cybersecurity. I've definitely thought of diving into it, um, but I haven't gotten to that point yet in my career. I I don't... Do you have any, Emma? Like, I I Uh... have... None. <laughs>
0: I don't have cybersecurity experience, but I do have cryptography experience. Um, I took a cryptography mm. course when I was in college and I enjoyed that. I think we're doing an episode on that this season, but that's very much yes. different than uh, cybersecurity. So I'm looking forward to learning.
2: Yes. I deal with that though. I, that's one of my favorite uh, subjects of cybersecurity, like cracking, mm. hashing, uh, trying to find out the
0: hidden messages and uh-huh. stuff like that. I love that. I almost failed that class. Don't tell anyone. It's fine. (laughs) It's really good that I'm teaching that episode. Okay, cool. So let's move into talking about different types of web security. I think one that most developers are going to be familiar with, if any, are is going to be cross-site scripting attacks or XSS attacks. These are pretty common, especially if you're working with forms, right? Uh, Taylor, do you mind like can you give us a better understanding of what this is? Because I'm still kind of new to this area.
3: And even like a a summary of just like web security in general, even before we like go into this, because I know that a lot of listeners, like me personally, I I know what it is. I have a very like bare minimum of like understanding of this. So definitely start with web security first before we go into that.
0: (laughs) Good call. Yes.
2: Basically, it's in the name. You know, we want to make sure that everything that we're putting on our websites, everything that's online is secure. Um, especially now that you know we're all getting into e-commerce, we're buying things online, we're buying food. Uh, things are getting delivered to us. You want all of your information to be secured, you know. Uh, depending on who you're sending it to, so with me running my online business, I have to make sure that whatever platform that I'm using, um, the users or my audience, my customers, feel safe giving me that information. And that whatever platform that I'm using is keeping their information safe. So if you have an unsecured platform and you're hosting, you know, private information or taking it in private information and it's not necessarily secure, it's out in the open. Anybody can get it, you know, all their social security numbers, um, passwords, credit card numbers, everything will be out in the open. Yeah, so everything on the OSI model, m- model from the application layer to the physical layer is completely secure. Um, because if anything on that, you know, pyramid is broken or unsecured, you know, we're all screwed, basically. You,
0: <laughs> you know what I find really interesting moving to Sweden is their system of security, especially with data, is so much more secure than the U.S., So we have this thing called Swish, which is essentially like the country's version of PayPal or Venmo and really easy to pay for things. Anytime you log into your doctor's application or you make a payment or you do anything, it requires you to use this thing called bank ID where you have a a pin code or you use face ID and you have to two-factor authenticate into anything here. I'm like, why is the US not doing this? That makes Because we're slow. (laughs) That's the thing. Like,
2: I see sometimes on Twitter, like I just recently saw a girl say, like, her router kept getting or her her login to her internet provider. You know, you have to log in, she kept getting hacked. And she said that she was like, I don't, I asked her because I'm like, okay, let me go and, you know, help her and see what's going on. She said, like, I keep getting hacked. And I'm like, well, contact your internet provider, but do you have two-factor
0: authentication set up? She's like, no. I'm like, oh God. (laughs) This is anyone listening right now. If you don't have two-factor authentication on all of your specifically social media apps too, like, yeah, you want to do that. Oh my God. This is incredibly
3: easy to get hacked that way. Oh my God. There's
0: so many people, like you wouldn't even,
2: for me, it's just second nature to set that up on everything. But just normal people, everyday people, they don't set it up. And that's usually the first way that they
0: get hacked. So yeah, that's a huge one. I was also not, I'm not gonna lie. I used the same password for everything. Not now, but a while back before I, which is super funny because I worked, I worked at LastPass or like at the same company who built LastPass and I'm over here using the same mm-hmm. password for everything. I'm like, I, oh my goodness. <laughs> Anyway. You um, need to give her a lesson in cybersecurity, definitely. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the different kinds of attacks that I could suffer from. Uh, let's start with content security <laughs> or CSP. Um, I uh, looked into that further
2: because I know that, you know, a lot of people are getting into, like, WordPress. We're not really building our websites anymore. Like, I use Squarespace to host everything. Um, I know a lot of people use WordPress, people are getting into Wix, Shopify, and stuff like that. So um, WordPress, though, I saw has like a content security policy manager that you can, you know, basically go in and turn on and they do everything for you, which I think is awesome. Um, but for me, where Squarespace and Wix, we're kind of like this cloud-based closed-off platform. Um, it's awesome now because I just pay a fee and they go in and handle all of that mm. so makes my job easier but i still have to go in and make sure like t s uh i see that you guys have you know on the list that mm-hmm. you know tl or t what is it
0: TLS.
2: Yeah, t- tls transport layer security and ssl um they use i have to make sure that's enabled because if it's not then i'm basically putting myself and my customers at risk mm. so um yeah we have all of that basically automate it now. We just have to pay a fee.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. That's one of the benefits of using these third-party platforms. We use Squarespace. I use it for everything, to be honest. Who cares if you're a developer and you use these things? I've said it once. I'll say it again. Like, we should never be shaming developers for using content management systems. Yeah, Um,
3: especially since, like, the whole point is to be, like, lazy developers. Like, you're trying to make sure that we solve problems automatically. So I'm shocked that anybody would just be like, you shouldn't be using Squarespace. Shut up. Like, (laughs) just, okay. You'll be fine.
2: As well, like. I'm in security. I'm not a developer. Like, I'm not trying to sit and develop a site. Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to make sure that it's it's up and it looks nice. And then I go back, you know, I go in and then I make sure the security's right. You know, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do on the end. Their ends, and then I'm good. Mm-hmm. But I do have a question to ask you guys. Like, I always yeah. have the concern about, like, developers. Do they, I know they give you guys, like, a, small overview of like security and like what you could like are supposed to be implementing in
0: your code like they don't give you guys like an intensive like no
3: do you yeah do you want to do that emma
0: well, I think it's beneficial for both of us because you went to a boot camp. Yeah. Um, so when I was in computer science school, we didn't learn about cybersecurity. We didn't learn about cross-site. That's crazy. We didn't learn cross-site scripting, didn't learn about TLS, SSL, any of these. And and just for those listening, we will define what these terms are, you know, in just a little bit. Um, so don't feel left out. Um. I, the only course I took was cryptography um, and that was an elective course. It was not mandatory, but yeah, it's kind of insane. that I took a web development course and I went through four years of computer science and they didn't teach us anything about, um, okay, you're building forms. You have to make sure that they're secure. No, it was, it was none of it.
3: No, like even professionally right now, I went to boot camps and they didn't say anything about like Any type of cybersecurity, web security, and even like as I'm in a professional setting right now, we have training courses from like other cybersecurity engineers where they're saying like these are the types of things that you need to make sure that you're including in your code as much as possible. Is it followed necessarily all of the time? No. Are there checks that like make sure that that's happening? Also, no. So I don't know how we haven't gotten hacked. I won't say anything else about that. But no, that that's not something that's like a main thing that happens at all.
2: And you guys do develop the code. Like, is there a process to kind of send it to the security team or send it to someone that? No. You know, I don't even know if we do
3: that. I, ooh, that's very interesting. I'm
2: I, like, do you have, you know, you guys go through, you know, uh, test or, debu- or debugging or running like it against like pin you know, kind of testing. Basically what we would do is
0: come in and pin test the code. Like you guys. I'm not sure what we do. You might need to I check mean, that out. Like, I'm the, I, I am going to sit here and state publicly that I am 99.9% certain Spotify has put in place many measures for security. I know like I was developing uh, the edit playlist modal on our desktop player and we had it was three form elements, two form elements, text boxes. And we took special measures with our regular expressions to ensure that no uh, code was being entered into these forms. So, so, you know, for those listening, if you don't know what a cross-state scripting attack is, this can often happen if someone is injecting code into your website, specifically in forms, for example. If they enter a script tag into one of your form elements, uh, like a text area, and they hit submit, it can actually go and uh, destroy a lot of Things. Um, so, anyway, when we were developing this, uh, you know, we, we heavily relied on regular expressions on the client side to validate our data prior to sanitize it prior to sending anything to the database. But uh, I'm sure that they have measures in place. <laughs>
3: I'm sure that we also have measures in place, but it's not a thing where we are face to face with any of these like cybersecurity engineers at all. So they're doing a lot of stuff like either before it goes into production or after to make sure that there's like nothing crazy going on when it comes to getting any data in and out of our site. So I would no, I have no clue.
0: Well, we so we just mentioned cross site scripting. Um, and I don't know, Taylor, if you added this to outline, I don't think I did, but of co- I don't know. Who cares? Uh According to the open web application security project, cross-site scripting was the seventh most common web app vulnerability in 2017. That is not that scary. That's super freaking scary.
2: But that's the thing though. Like you guys just said, like, you don't really pay attention to security when you're coding. You don't have that, that baseline. So, Does my,
3: just drag us? Yes. I'm not
2: no. no it's not, it's <laughs> not, not <at> you. I <laughs> think it's it's not you that I'm dragging. I'm dragging like the professors yes. or like the whole, yeah, yeah the guy, the the people that are teaching you this, you would think that they would be like, okay, we have this knowledge and it's the most, you know, common theme in you know, website security, uh, when it comes to hacking. Um, let's prepare these developers or just not even like if they're not going to teach you like a process, send it to someone to send it to us. And we kind of go through, that's what I've been seeing. Like um, what they'll do is they'll put it out and then they'll, maybe they privately send it to like a security team or a pen test team. You guys don't know about it. Yeah. And then they'll find some vulnerabilities, but then still at the end of the day, things, everything is still hackable. Mm. So um i just feel as though they they still put it out when there's known bugs or there's still a known hole and then you'll have like a gray hat hacker come in and he's like oh i did i found another hole and then you guys kind of
0: get Mm. like after the fact i feel like
3: right it's It's reactionary
0: it's not yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: um
0: it's quite interesting how security is seen as an it's not even seen as an afterthought in web development. It, like I was going to compare it to accessibility in a sense where we're playing catch up almost like in terms of the yes. learning path, but security even still is not gaining traction in web development as something that needs to be known.
2: Yeah. And it's not, I don't see it as we're trying to push it, but when it comes up, it's like a brief conversation. Yeah. and we're, That's the problem over here in the U S like it's, we want every like everything to be out so quickly. and we
0: right. don't. I wonder if because, uh, you know, TypeScript is one language that's been gaining notoriety the past several years. And TypeScript, I think, does actually help to ensure that the data that we're receiving is the data that we're expecting. I think that's actually one benefit of using it. I've been very hesitant about it because it always gives me issues. But I think overall, it's one way that we can be secure. Taylor, do you have other like I know you said that you're not necessarily a developer, but do you have things that you commonly see with developers, web developers, uh, where they forget to implement certain things?
2: Let's see. I don't, right now, no. Okay,
0: cool. If any come up, call us out.
2: (laughs) Please. Yeah, so (laughs) this year I'll be getting more into uh, like actually pen testing because I've been more of like the defender of the network. Mm. So I'm paying. Into like logs and monitoring and stuff like that. Um, what is testing? So you would basically you hack, like you guys would put out a website or an application, mm-hmm.
0: and you would hire me to come in and find all the holes. Uh that's so cool.
3: That is it's like the people really that they
0: good. hire. It's like when they hire people to come try to break into your home to see how secure it is. I love that would be a fun job. Yep. That is... Everything, all of these, you know, um, features that we're going to
2: be discussing, we basically come in and make sure that you guys have everything on this list. And if you don't, you know, we tell you, like, we found this, we found that. And then you would have to either... I don't... Usually when you hire someone, they do it separately. Because I know I've done... um, I did, like, a project with a guy in Germany He like, hired me to come in and, like, help him contest the application and um he told me he was like i don't fix them i just tell them what is open like
3: yeah
2: yeah he was like i don't because it's them.
3: not your job it's not like you're not supposed yeah. to be doing that yeah he
2: just hacks it and then he reports he we typed up a report and then he talked to them about what we found and then
0: that that's was it. so cool <laughs> that's, <dope>.
2: that's <laughs> so, so that's incredible. what i want to do. He had like his own business doing that, and i was like oh i want to do that. you're
0: making me cool. like you're convincing me that i'm in the wrong field <laughs>
3: honestly because i know you guys get paper you you guys get paid for that just like fix fix that shit <laughs> that's the <Fix> thing. It.
2: <laughs> that's the thing i feel like i i don't know if it's because i'm really passionate about what i do and i'm really i love what i do i get a lot of people and i start talking about what i do and i really hope i'm not like glamorizing it so much because it is work <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Cause I feel yeah. like a lot of people come to me and they're like, Oh my God, I want to do it. And it is, it can't be fun. I've been to so many events and, you know, hacked into stuff and did things, but it is work and it is, it can't be frustrating. It's you're basically the police for network. So. <laughs> I
0: feel like that's important for all aspects of programming because a lot of times, especially on Twitter, I've noticed people definitely glamorize this profession and while it can be great and it provides you with a generally like a really great lifestyle uh it's not all rainbows and butterflies and i see so many uh people uh maybe specific types of people who who just yeah they uh glamorize this whole thing but yeah to your point it's all it is work it's work yeah it's fun <sighs> but it is work <laughs> definitely so you had mentioned tls and ssl earlier do you mind giving us uh some information about what those are
2: Yes, so TLS is basically the newer version of SSL. Um, It's basically a protocol that uh, makes sure that the data that we're sending back and forth on the network are legitimate. Um, So you want to make sure that these are implemented because um, any server can pretend to be like you can have a fake server come up and it can pretend to be your server. Wow. That's why, yeah. <laughs> so that's why you want to make sure that you have these in place, um, because it just it makes sure all your information is being uh, transferred privately, securely. Everything is locked in key. Um, so, yeah, you have here you've done some pretty good notes so far um, that I've seen. I I'm, I'm impressed. Oh thank Emma's. that's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the
0: extent of my Googling here. Uh and <laughs> and, and, and for so I, I'm gonna be pretty transparent. There are a multitude of acronyms in this episode. Uh I'm gonna do my best to we'll do our best to um, define them. But TLS is transport layer security. Uh, and like Taylor mentioned, yeah, it's just a protocol for enabling networked applications to exchange. that's what we're using now internet. for SSO. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, that's yeah. So and then and then you know, if you're a web developer, there's a very high likelihood you You've heard of HTTPS or Hypertext Transfer Protocol Secure, which is an encrypted version of HTTP. I'm curious, like, why would anyone use HTTP? Like, maybe that's stupid of me to ask. Honestly, but no,
3: like, no, I I have the same question. <laughs> if
0: they
2: want, if they want to be bust wide open and they want their stuff, yes, use HTTP. If you want, if you want people like me and you know more skilled hackers to come in and just.
0: Why does it even exist, though, is my question. There's a lot of things. You know, we just got rid of Windows
2: 7. Like, they just Mm. made it obsolete. But it's like, why are you still hosting an OS that you're not updating? You're not Mm. providing any type of Why do you have that, you know, if you're not going to provide any patches? And there's still a lot of older people or people who are not in security that keep old things and they don't. Mm. I don't know why they
3: do that. Mm. So just this is a question, kind of a theoretical one. Is it still insecure if you use like Windows 7 uh, to like go to your website and things? Is there still like a degree of I- I- insecurity that is happening uh, when you tr- when people are making their way like to your hopefully, quote unquote, secure site when you're going through uh Something like Windows Seven.
2: So you're saying if you're on an HTTPS site, a site that mm. uses uh, the secure protocol, and you're on yes. Windows Seven, so it, it they would have to be hacking the system.
0: I mm. see.
2: If they because there's so many holes, there's not they haven't they haven't updated the system the, the any type of security issues that Windows Seven has. Mm. When they're looking for vulnerable systems on the network and they see you still have Windows 7 and Windows 7 has all these unpatched security holes, that's how they're going to get you. I see. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And, and one more uh, area of connection security to mention here is certificate transparency. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. It'd be great if you could elaborate. Um, the definition I'd written down is it's an open framework designed to protect against and monitor for certificate mis Issuances, that's a big word. Miss issuances. Yeah. Uh newly <laughs> issued certificates are logged to publicly run, often independent CT logs, which maintain an append-only cryptographically assured record of issued TLS certificates. So I guess my question is, what are website certificates and why do we need them? So your website
2: certificate basically just keeps every all the information that you host on your site to make sure that it's up to date. Say if you're running a website. And you go to it and it doesn't have an updated t- an updated certificate, the website's not going to run. Like the hosting service is not going to run it because mm. it you're basically telling them that you're not secure. You don't have your certificate running. So we're not going to host their website, you know? Um, so for certificate transparency, it helps to guard against several types of certificate-based threats, um, misuse certificates, uh, maliciously acquired certificates, um, rogue uh, certificates, Um, And these threats can increase your financial liabilities for domain owners. Um, So certificate transparency basically uh, gives you early detection of misuse certificates, malicious certificates. um, It gives you faster mitigation, um, better oversight of the TLS and SSL system. So that's basically what that is. Very. I try to make this. No, that was really helpful
0: because, well, I guess my, so like I, most of my websites now are built through Squarespace and they do have, you know, I have to go through requesting a certificate and all of that. If I just Mm -hmm. create like an index.html file and I throw it up through, uh, I don't know, Cyberduck, I use FTP and I get my file uploaded. um, Does that, like, I'm not doing anything to get myself a certificate. Does that mean my site is going to be HTTP and not HTTPS? Like there's not it's not going to be secure or.
2: Yeah. You're saying you need a specific security certificate for it to run through
0: yeah do i need one because like i'm not like i've done that before Where i'll just make like a basic static website i'll throw it up on a, a random server through like name not name chief that's a hosting a domain but like uh you know just by hosting through GoDaddy for example um do they handle the certificate or is that something like i need to be aware of they handle it but you have to buy that
2: oh certain, yeah okay yeah so if you don't buy that certain certificate, you're going to just have HTTP. Oh. So say like, yes, yeah, so if you just make just a random website and you host it up, it's not going to be HTTP. That makes so it's much really sense HTTP now.
0: Itself. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to thank stick you for to, clearing yeah, that up. I'm yes, s- <laughs> that's
3: super important.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had
0: no, all my, all my old sites are really insecure. Um,
3: you're fucked, Emma. You're so <laughs> fucked.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's not like anyone knows who I am. Um, so... So that was connection security at a high level. Um, There's another area of security called data security uh, that this isn't something I necessarily thought about as being an area of security. But when we think about local storage, which is often used in web development, so your storage property, um, it's a way for us to store data on uh, a client-side server, a client-side server, a client-side session. (laughs) Um, And between that and (laughs) HTTP cookies, um, you know, these are small amounts of data that, that can sit inside of your web browser. I didn't think about the fact that these are an area of security we we need to be concerned about. Like, have you? Yeah. Like, what things do developers need to be concerned about with with data security? Well, you know,
2: when you get if people are nowadays are talking about um, they'll be sorry, kids, <laughs> they'll be talking about oh, you know, I'm um I'll be researching something or I'll be talking about something and it pops up randomly. Yeah your cookies
0: so um, if,
2: if your cookies get if your cookies are out there and it, someone hijacks you know the cookies off your website um, the cookies are basically um, I did a project on this um, a while back with Python I'm trying to remember um, we, I basically have to go in and secure the cookies because if you don't secure the cookies um, if so, something happens to where um, hackers can take you know information from the cookies. And exploit it, you know, however they want to. So, I guess with you guys, as far as like being developers, there's a very simple way to go in and secure cookies. Um, I, at the top of my head, I don't know right now, mm-hmm. I would have to go back and see, but um, there's a very simple way that you guys can go in and secure cookies.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if, like, maybe after, maybe after a, t- a certain amount of time, we have to clear. Uh, the local storage or something for like, yeah. I, and then I wonder how that works with like GDPR as well, because I think, I don't know, there are so many different things to think about, but um, never, th- yeah.
3: So then my other question is, so we see, I guess, all the time um, where websites are now like uh, having those like pop-ups where like, we would like you to do something with cookies and whatever, like accept the terms for like doing yeah. like cookies and whatever. Then
2: grabbing all of the data that you're, that you Oh, we
3: are actively mm-hmm. consenting that's that, okay? Uh, if you don't,
0: then they're not pulling on any of your cookies. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, okay. I that's just want to know. say I'm kind of angry at the fact that they they called cookies something like really enjoyable, like yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> I don't get some of these names. I don't either. Time. But uh Taylor, do you just always use incognito mode? I don't <laughs> sometimes I, don't. I feel <laughs> sometimes like, I've, I wonder like if I was in security I, I feel like I I never use it unless I'm looking for flights because I'm like oh I don't want them to like look at my cookies otherwise I don't care yeah I use a vpn so. ah, okay cool mm. yeah do you have a favorite basically. vpn because I have thoughts on this <laughs> so I work with
2: proton mail with their okay. VPN, basically a vpn uh, I'm a affiliate of them. So I, I share their VPN with everybody. Um, but I, the reason why I work with them is because when I was in college um, my professors, uh, they basically were pushing uh proton mail, like get a proton mail, you know, they're based in Switzerland. They're very secure. Everything's encrypted. Um, it's not like Google, you know, how Google, you know, is, can be, I mean, Google security is pretty good, but still it's, it's hackable. Um, but the difference with ProtonMail, you know, everything is, you know, ensured that it's encrypted and it's based in Switzerland and stuff like that. So they reached out to me and they were like, oh, we would like you to be an affiliate for us to, you know, support our VPN. And I was like, uh, yeah. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. And I have like their high, I have their, what is it? Not their, um, I have like the advanced plan or the plus mm. plan, something like that. Second to
0: highest. And I love it so far. I'm using it right so now. So for everyone listening, if you want Mail, we're going to link Taylor's affiliate link in our show notes. Yes, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Shameless plug. Not even. Yeah, <laughs> shameless. For sure. Okay, Shameless. So we're going to take a quick break to hear from our mid-roll sponsor. But when we come back, we'll talk about data
1: integrity. Building full-stack applications can sometimes be overwhelming with so many different technologies to think about. Livestreams are a great way to see how the pieces fit together by joining other developers as they build applications from scratch. The Neo4j Livestream features developers building applications with technologies like GraphQL, React, Vue, Graph Algorithms, Gatsby, Next.js, Golang, TypeScript, data visualization, and much more. You'll see how a graph database fits into modern development workflows and how other developers tackle problems like authorization, cloud deployments, data import, and analytics, covering how to use the technologies needed to build and deploy full stack applications. Follow Neo4j on Twitch or YouTube to join the regular Neo4J live streams focused on building full stack applications and graph data science.
0: Okay, let's talk about data integrity. There are a few areas here that are really important. Um, I know, Sydney, when you develop websites, have you ever encountered a uh, access control allow origin response header issue?
3: Oh my gosh, Um, have I? Not lately. Okay, cool. Am I? I Cool, cool.
0: (laughs) Um, they're awful. I I actually remember the first time they're they're terrible. I remember the first time I got one of these, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, and it took it took me like a year to figure it out. Um, I was working at IBM, and I was requesting a resource from obviously a different platform. I don't remember. Maybe I think I was developing for WordPress, and I hit a an access control allow origin response header, and essentially what this says is it indicates whether the response that we are requesting the resource that we're requesting can be shared from the the origin that we are requesting it from. Um, and this is something that I had no idea what it was and it took me a long time to figure out, but this is an integrity security issue or area. I'm not really sure the right term for that. And which issue was that? again? So this is the HTTP access control allow origin. And you'll often get this if you're trying to make an API call to a third-party library and you haven't set it up to be able to communicate securely. I see. Yeah. And so we're getting
2: like the developers. That one developers. specifically
0: is, is web development. Yeah. And it's a very common one if you're working with uh, an application that requests from different APIs. Um, but are like, what other areas of data integrity are there?
2: Um. So as far as integrity, what I've learned um, in security is you basically want to make sure that all the information that you come across, um, it is what it is. Um, you don't want to be putting out any type of information. Um, they dig, dig a lot in this about um, healthcare, you know, making sure that the integrity of the information in healthcare is what it is and that you can confirm it on all platforms. It's, it's the same across every platform. Um, You don't want to go, like if you're in a company and, you know, they have different websites in different parts of the state or the world, you don't want to go on one website and it says this or runs this and you go here and it's this. That's basically what integrity is. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are a couple other things too, um, that I found in the course of my amateur sleuthing. Um, so, sub resource integrity or SRI is a security feature that enables our browsers uh, to verify that the resources that we're fetching, for example, from a CDN, that they're delivered without unexpected manipulation. Uh, and one other area of in- integrity, I think this is again specifically for web development, this is going to be the same origin policy. So, this is a, a, a critical security mechanism that restricts how a document or a script loaded from one origin can interact with a resource from another origin. So this is gonna help isolate potentially malicious documents and reduce possible attack vectors. Oh, I love that word, that's a sexy word, vectors. Um, <laughs> so those are just a couple <laughs> areas of integrity from the web development perspective. Um, there's a lot, there, there's a lot here. <laughs> there's a lot that I see and I'm like, oh, I haven't learned this one yet. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. And you know there are other areas of of web security specifically like clickjacking, just kind of making sure that if you're clicking on something, what you appear to be clicking on is indeed what you think it is, uh, and and yeah. you know because it is, I I think developers can actually one like clickjacking quote unquote is you know if they la- overlay uh, a an invisible button on top of when you think is going to execute a specific action and it actually does something else. Oh, so like, okay. like download malware or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm, that. I'm like, that sounds like something, someone uploading, or you're thinking you're
2: downloading um, a software. Right. It's actually. Malware. That's what that sounds like.
0: Right. And I'm not so sure it's like an issue so much anymore. Like we're moving away from like iframes and whatnot, but uh, you yeah, just be aware that this can happen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think uh, one of the last big things is just information security and password protection. Taylor, do you have thoughts on password protection? (laughs) Yeah,
3: we would love to hear that, especially for Emma.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Sydney.
2: So I have heavily been encouraging people to um, work with a password manager. Um, I see this tweet that goes viral a lot where people are joking about their passwords being weak or told that it's weak through the web browser <laughs> and they still they're like oh well I don't like I have a poor memory and that just makes me cringe because they're like oh I have a poor memory I'm gonna and I just in my mind they don't say it but I already know that they're like using the same password over and, God. Over, and, over, and over and over again so I've been trying to recommend to people like use this password manager or, you know, I give them mine Dashlane. Mm, that's what I use. Um, I love it
0: because I've tried last yeah, pass and I've tried one pass and I didn't like either. Didn't what try. was it
2: again? Dashlane.
0: Thank you. Thank it's you. It's really though. good. I like them a lot.
2: Yeah. And you can like create, like if you don't like the setting that they have defaulted, you can go in with their generator and like I sometimes go in there and sometimes I go to websites and I'm like, oh, you need a symbol so i'm like okay well let me go and generate a symbol and longer or whatever but it's great like i have no issues um but with infra- information security with the passwords um the solar impact that we're going through over here with the uh government and um, how we basically are under siege because solar winds decided to make their passwords to their update server um solar winds one two three (laughs) are you fucking serious (laughs) no i'm not i mean yes i am i'm not kidding oh my god let it they end so in 2019 a security researcher actually went in and um he found he's like you know he's doing his job he's going in he's you know testing their vulnerabilities And he found, he's like, you guys, update service, basically, SolarWinds123, like, you want to change it. And nobody, this is another problem with security, you tell them something, and they don't fix it, and a year later, 2020, they find out, they start hacking into, like, the SolarWinds uh, applications, and some of these government facilities use SolarWinds uh, applications, and now they're in there. Like I, what I like to call it, they're swag surfing on our, <laughs> our <government. laughs>
0: Oh my so, gosh.
2: So password security is something I, to this day, I don't get why people lack
0: so much. Yeah. There's no excuse. There's not. no excuse. Well, wow! this is your sign. If you're listening and you don't have a password manager, highly recommend it. Check out Dashlane. Uh, we'll link this all in the show notes. Oh my God. So, Taylor, you asked your Twitter followers uh, for questions about cybersecurity. Do you want to answer some of those now? Yes, please. I know one of them
2: for input security. Um, one of my friends, Cyber Simone, she was looking into that. And um, I actually found a really great article on OWASP that uh, I went through and saw that they basically explained it. Um, that input validation should happen as early as possible in the data flow. Um, It should be applied on both the syntactical and semantic level Um, whitelist validation. So they they basically said for this part, instead of, I used to have to do this a lot uh, when working with servers and blocking certain sites, blocking certain applications or whitelisting them, as they say. Um, they recommend in input security that you whitelist more than you blacklist. So instead of like trying to block everything, because that I've done that, like I've been in this uh place where we've like blocked a bunch of stuff. And then they're like, you can't, the users are calling in like, I can't get to this website or I can't get to this application. I can't use this application because we blocked something that the application or the website needed. So, for input security, uh, they recommend to whitelist you know things that you want to come in, so you're not blocking off the, you know services or uh, functions that certain applications and websites need. Um, uh, so it says whitelist validation also involves defining exactly what is authorized by the definition. So you would go in through this through the email, server side application. Um, uh, anything that you're running on your network, you wanna go through and whitelist what you want coming in instead of like blocking everything so and I have the the website where I found you know basically those tips from OWASP. oh
3: yes, definitely, like give that to us, and we'll make sure we link it in the show notes. Thank you so much for that oh, that I is have a lot of websites
2: in here, but you know I kind of pulled for, yeah, that'd be know, awesome. Stuff.
3: So the next question, I, I know that I had this question, and so I just kind of listed out. So, okay, for a person that is interested in getting into cybersecurity, we are definitely making sure that we gas up your workbook. However, I do want to know if there are any cert, cert certifications that you would recommend for anybody that is interested in getting into cybersecurity.
2: Yes. So the main one I like to recommend is Security Plus. That's okay. what you're going to hear. Uh, basically, from everyone, uh, that's what I heard from my professors. They bas- they told me uh, to skip the A plus, which is for more for help desk,
3: really and, okay, you know,
2: working and taking apart computers. But um, over time, they started to tell us to kind of skip secu- uh, A plus and Network plus uh, because we're security. So why not just go straight, hop into security? So security plus is going to make sure that employers know, you know, the foundations of security, uh, what you're doing, um, how to manage servers, systems, how to set up firewalls, you know, all of your basic security foundations. And um, yeah, that's what I basically, I, I recommend that in my ebook. and. I have had a few people come to me and tell me they got it. And now they're on their way to getting jobs.
0: That's Yay, awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah so for y'all listening, wow. Taylor has an ebook, which uh, we will be giving away uh, this week. If you tweet about it more on that in the outro, but we're linking all that in the show notes as well. Um, my question is, like, if someone wants to get into cybersecurity, like, do you have any general advice for them? I don't want to say I think a lot of people
2: give technical advice before they give people um, the mental aspect that they need before they come into this field. Um, Because I think a lot of people like we discussed earlier, like they hear us talk about this stuff and it's kind of glamorized and they think, oh, we're just, you know, kind of sitting at the computer and typing away and getting into stuff. Um, And that's where I feel like a lot of people want to hop to when they hear about this field. Um, And then when they start studying and stuff like that, they kind of, uh, I've had a lot of people come to me when I'm consulting and they're scared of interviewing or they feel like they're not confident enough. So, or they're not motivated. They they need someone to constantly be telling them, you need to do this, you need to do that. When a lot of us in this field are self-starters. Like if you're not doing your own research, you're not getting up and doing your own projects, Uh, it's going to be hard for you, you know, no one's going to want to hold your hand throughout the whole thing. So there's three things that I recommend, self-motivation, self-confidence, and consistency. Uh, Self-motivation, you need to know that, you know, you're capable of surviving in this field and uh, bringing solutions to us in the security field. Um, We're bad enough as it is over here in the United States. So, you know, we don't want anyone coming in that's lazy, especially after what happened at the Capitol and stuff like that. We kind of have, we have to really be on our toes going on from 2020 forward. Um, self-confidence, just knowing that the work that you do, the studying that you do is that you're, that you're getting you somewhere. You don't want to get into this field and you not believe that you can do it and get where you need to go. Um, and that's going to take you far. It's going to go back to the interviews. If you have self-confidence, you're going to feel more confident in the interviews. You're going to feel more confident networking. You're going to feel more confident, you know, discussing security topics with other people. Um, that comes before, you know, the study and everything and applying for jobs and then consistency. You have to be consistent with studying. You have to be consistent with doing projects, uh, doing homework, doing whatever you need to do. Because a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, I don't wanna keep studying or I don't wanna work or I don't wanna do eight years of schooling. And it's like, I'm still learning. (laughs) I'm still learning every day. I'm still, this field is always something new every day. There's zero days every day, there's holes, vulnerabilities every day. So if you're not consistent in learning and building your skills, you're not going to get very far.
0: Absolutely. Major keys, yeah. y'all.
3: Major keys. That wow.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great note to wrap this up on. I I ha- I learned a lot to be honest. I thought I knew a lot about cybersecurity and then I realized I know nothing. Um so I very much appreciate <laughs> you being here. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you. There's still a lot. There's still so much that I don't know. I still feel like I'm a noob when it comes to a lot of this stuff, even though like I have an engineer title and I've worked in a company and I've done so much. There's still a lot. And then there's so much that I don't know about developing that I need to know as far as as well for security.
3: I'm super embarrassed that like you had asked us that question and we we're just like, no, like we don't have any contact with any of that like security stuff at all. So let me copy your book. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I did that a lot.
2: But my book doesn't I wouldn't go to my book for help with what you guys are looking for. That's fair. Um, yeah. So it's more for people who are trying to get in and trying to get like a general uh pathway of like where they should start, what they I need, see. Doing, their networking, how to build a network and stuff like that, a resume. Um, as far as you guys, I would start maybe focusing on more like security related projects when developing. I know mm. that there's like a field now where people can kind of go into software development and be have like a security focus. So they're building their software all day. So
0: I'm maybe look for that. I think also Mozilla has an entire web security section. We'll add that to our show notes as well um, for you to check out. Um, Yeah, but with that, uh, yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for joining us today. And uh, unless y'all have anything else, I say we move into shout outs. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, Thank you
3: so much, Taylor. Like, Mm -hmm. this is just, I, ah, fangirl. I've been fangirling this entire time. Excuse me. Um, My shout out, first off, um, have any of y'all checked out Taylor's badass YouTube channel. She has 11,000 subscribers. She's always talking about cybersecurity there, making sure that you guys are aware of what you need to do to get into the field, what she's doing right now, what her projects are, how to look for cybersecurity solutions, making sure that you're understanding the right policies. She's answering all of your questions. Make sure that you guys subscribe to her channel, gassing you up as much as possible. Make (laughs) sure sure you go check out her shit guys just i'm i'm in awe i'm so in awe i just subscribed
0: not only because we just talked (laughs) but also because you have a video called tips and tricks for social media security and i definitely need to watch there it it is (laughs) 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 oh goodness uh yeah taylor what's your shout out for this week
2: um my shout out is for everyone that's going to be listening to the podcast and supporting you guys and tuning in um i'm so happy to be on here and doing what I love to do, which is providing security awareness. <laughs> oh God!
0: This giant <laughs> <He's> <laughs> trying
3: more. to give a shout out
2: too. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's trying to give a shout out to his milk. Uh, you know why I love this though? Because this shows that we're real people with real lives and real families.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, these are my nieces and nephews, so you know I gotta. I'm watching them because their babysitter just kind of like vanished from them. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, everybody that listens to the podcast, um, everybody that's interested in cybersecurity and, you know, really serious about coming into this field and uh, providing solutions and help and upgrading our security. Thank you for coming. And thank you for eventually being a superpower in our field.
0: Love that. Awesome. And my shout out is just to twenty twenty one for being uh at this point in time, fifteen days in and already throwing me massive life uh events that I am very extremely grateful for, but also what the hell? Um, that's it. That's all. Are you I'm ready to say. revoke your fifteen day trial? My fifteen day trial ready? is not gonna expire ever. Um, so um, with that if y'all like this episode tweet about it Um, this week we are selecting one tweeter to win Taylor's ebook the ultimate guide for getting into Cybersecurity for beginners which sounds fabulous so if you want to win a copy make sure that you're tweeting Um, and we post new podcasts every Monday so make sure to be subscribed so that you can get notified and make sure to leave us a review and with that thank you again Taylor for joining us and yeah I hope everyone listening has an awesome day Thank you so much. We will see you guys
3: next week. This has been the Ladybug Podcast. Thank you so much, Taylor. I'm so happy that you're here. Ah! (laughs) All right, I'm done. (laughs) See you guys.